Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. We're all be coming to you every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Every week, I'll bring you encouragement to see God working all things together for good, from scriptures to devotional excerpts to song lyrics to personal examples from my journey through redemption and restoration. Joining this community on a regular basis, where it's okay to be real and throw off our masks of perfection, will not only encourage you, but will motivate and stir your hearts and just possibly leave you forever changed. In times like this, we all need to be encouraged as we face the challenges, difficulties, and losses of this life. So I look forward to growing right along with you in authenticity and transparency as we endeavor to find the faithfulness of God in our everyday lives. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more people are able to find the encouragement you're about to hear. Each episode is broadcast on my YouTube channel before it's converted and brought to you in this audio format. If you'd like to get in on the fun and giveaways at my YouTube home, join me over there at Athena Dean Holtz for even more encouragement. So hey, let's get started. Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. I am super excited to introduce you to Shelly Brown today who has an amazing background in entrepreneurial and ministry, uh, startup businesses, business development. I mean, she has such an incredible background, but her heart is transformational discipleship. And you are gonna hear how rejection ruled her life and how God set her free. So it would really help us if you would go to Apple uh, and go ahead and rate the podcast so that others will find it because it comes up higher on the algorithms when it's got more ratings. So if you enjoyed this podcast, we would love for you to review us and help us get the word out that God loves to redeem and restore. So hey, let's get started. All right. Well, I am so excited to have my friend Shelly Brown with us today on the Redeemed and Restored broadcast. Shelly, welcome. I am so thrilled to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Well, I just have to say that, I mean, if you all who are listening today and watching today could know this woman, um, you would have such hope because she has had so much redemption, so much restoration in her life over the just the whole emotional wounding of rejection. And so this is probably going to be more than one broadcast. We'll probably have two or three parts to this because it is so meaty and so deep, um, but so powerful because there's such redemption and restoration. And that's what we're all about here at Redeemed and Restored. Mm. So, Shelly, why don't we just start you out uh, telling us about the portion of your life that um, God has redeemed and restored and 
yeah, I'm just going to let you go in whatever direction you want to go. Okay. Yes. I have had a lot of healing in my life uh, over the last probably six or seven years um, of my life uh, from a lot of brokenness, uh, from really stemming from my childhood and uh, growing up and bringing that into my adult uh, life and even into ministry. Uh, I was ministering out of my brokenness and I know God used it. I, I, I knew the word. I love the, the word. I love the Lord with all of my heart had an intimate relationship with the Lord, but I had a lot of this, a lot of head knowledge. And uh, so I was able to teach and to share that. And I was able to even share my story. And there's no doubt that um, women's lives were were stirred. Um, I hope some were changed as a result. But really, I was ministering out of my my unhealed areas of my uh, my heart and my my, my soul. And so I just kind of, I want to take us back, uh, just kind of where it started uh, in my early childhood. You know, the enemy has relentlessly fought for my identity. Mm. And, you know, he knows, uh, he knows those places in our life, those weaknesses, those strongholds in our life that, that are battles for us, even if we've overcome them, he still will try to fire his darts at those areas, those tender places in our heart. And uh, for me, his MO has been my identity and because it's worked almost my entire life. And so uh, his, he wanted to keep me bound uh, in rejection, in fear and shame and self-condemnation, um, self-loathing. Oh my goodness. Just self-loathing uh, doubts about who I am. You know, I, I could convince uh, anybody because I know God's word and I know God's word to be true that he loves you. <laughs> but for me, I did not feel loved. I did, could not receive um, his love. I felt unlovable. And it all stemmed back from, uh, from my early childhood. And it started when I was five years old. Uh, my mom was in a tragic car accident and uh, that accident left her bedridden. Uh, she was, uh, for a, a year, uh, she was paralyzed. She uh, had a broken back and she had many internal injuries. And it was that accident that really thrust uh, our family into the deepest throes of poverty. Um, most days not knowing where our next meal would come from. Uh, we lived in an old rundown farmhouse and we had no running water in the house and uh, we would take showers outside. If it was raining, my mom would say, go get the soap. And we'd run outside and we'd take a shower outside uh, because there was no running water in the house. There were five of us kids and uh, there was little adult supervision. The, my dad was in and out. He was on his drunken binges. And a matter of fact, the accident uh, that happened was a result of my dad driving and, mm -hmm. um, he was, they had been drinking that night and uh, she flew out of the car and she was left, um, really left to die on the side of the road until someone found her in the middle of the night. And so um, a year later, a month before my sixth birthday, my mom passed away and her funeral um, was on her 32nd birthday. It was five days later um, after she died. And when uh, that, when the funeral was over, my dad kissed my brother and I on the cheeks and he said goodbye. And we never saw him again. So we were orphaned now, completely orphaned. And it just spiraled from there, separated from my three sisters, was not allowed to grieve for my mom. Uh, mm -hmm. We were disciplined 
um, if I talked about her, if I cried about her and cried for her. So it didn't take long for me to realize, um, okay, I'm just going to suck it up. And so my tears dried up that day. Nobody was going to see me cry. And um, finally, we were made wards of the state and in a foster home. And my, uh, it was about an, almost 10 months in this one particular foster home, and it was the House of Horrors and uh, the most unthinkable abuse, whatever your wildest imagination could be, was the uh, abuse that took place day in and day out. And then we were finally adopted and uh, only to be within the first few months of being adopted um, to be rejected by the very mom who chose me. I didn't measure up to the daughter that she had dreamed of her whole life. And so my longings, you know, for love and for nurture, for acceptance, for that affirmation, for hugs, you know, it was never, it was never met. It was never filled. So needless to say, a door was opened as a child for that spirit of rejection to come in. And you don't really expect, I mean, when I hear about people, adopting children that they want mm -hmm. you don't expect that outcome that right. you would be rejected by the very people who picked you right yeah that's unthinkable yeah and you know just to um to add to that as through my healing journey uh, um i've experienced the loss of a mom to death, which was traumatic, but you know, when just because you lose a mom or a parent, but particularly the maternal um, love and nurture, doesn't mean that that need for that as a child goes away, right? It just, right. it just, you still need it, but it was cut off, and so it was a traumatic thing for me. And missing my mom and and um, was was horrible, but the rejection of the one who chose me by that mom. It would have been better if she had died <laughs> because when, when you are rejected, it goes to the very core of who you are. Right. And um, it it uh, it challenges your well, it's an attack against your identity. Right. You feel unloved, unvalued. And and so if even just one of these things happens to somebody, to a child, uh, that door is open. The enemy uses that door of being um, abandoned or, or rejected uh, or unworthy, 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 right? Words that are spoken over you as a child, the door is open for that seed of rejection to be planted in you. Mm. And, and there's a difference too, because everybody experiences rejection, right? We all right. do. Right. And I don't know anybody who enjoys rejection. We don't like rejection. It's painful to be rejected. But there's a difference between that rejection and the, having the spirit of rejection. The spirit of rejection is something that is so deeply rooted in you, right? It And it rocks your world. And it, it bleeds over into relationships, into being able to receive love from others, um, in your uh, your marriage, uh, being able to receive God's love, it bleeds over into every area. And, you know, it, and what people think about you, you know, it, it, you become almost consumed with people pleasing. And and if, if you like for me, and I'm sure many can relate to this, who um, have experienced such deep rejection in their life that um, you are. 
you find if you know this, that somebody is not pleased with you or you've done something um, to hurt somebody, it can ruin your day, you know, and it was hard for me to shake that off, you know, and so uh, being and, and, and he, healing from your past wounds, in my experience, um, I've had a lot of healing from my past wounds, but rejection was different. I needed deliverance. Mm. And that I thought there was just over these last, um, this last year, I thought, Lord, and I've had some really tough conversations with Lord wrestling it out with the Lord. I thought I'm, I'm, I'm the exception to the rule, Lord. You know, I've experienced so much healing, but I don't know that I can ever be set free. I, I, I how am I ever going to be delivered from this spirit of rejection? Mm. It, cause it colors everything. I mean, everything you see, everything yeah. you take in everything. Right. I mean, it's all discolored by that rejection. Yeah. But I've seen, I've seen the restoration. So you got to tell us what, how that worked. Yeah. So I, um, I took some time where I just really pulled away from a lot of things and actually ministry. Uh, the Lord has given me some really precious opportunities to minister. And it looks very different now than what I had always dreamed that it would. I had dreams of uh, speaking to the masses. I love, and I say that in jest of speaking to the masses, but I loved speaking and uh, I, you know, doing one-on-ones terrified me, like, but here's why, because there's intimacy involved in that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You speak and you're like, okay, see you later, going home, <laughs> you know, but when you are discipling somebody, and you're getting into their world, it's hard work and it's commitment and it is, um, you're putting yourself out there. And uh, so, but that's the ministry that God has done. That's what he's restored in my life. And like my desire, if like, if he asked me to speak and get up there, I, you know, I, I would be like, are you sure, Lord, do you really want me to? <laughs> um, and I would do it out of obedience, but it's not something really that is like the, a dream of mine anymore. Yes. Yeah, so the ministry looks so different now. And first of all, it's not that I'm doing ministry anymore. I'm living ministry. It's, mm. it's those opportunities that I'm, that just, when I get up in the morning, I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to know you more today. And I want to love you more today. And I want to love the way that you love. And he's, and he's given me those opportunities. So it's, and it's this one-on-one -on -one in these small groups. It's not uh, discipleship that is discipleship 101, you know, to, to get more knowledge, right? And and it is about more knowledge of him, but knowledge does not transform. Head knowledge does not transform. It has to go from here to here. And that's when the Holy Spirit begins to work when you with his word and his spirit. And, you know, John 8, 32 says, um, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? So you have truth. And then in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says, the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm. So having both, and I've shared this with you before, Athena, that, uh, you know, the church that I came from, that was the Lord used, um, I was there 33 years and the Lord used it really to give me that foundation. And I'll be forever grateful for, uh, for that, 
church in my life for those for those years. Um, one of the things that I uh, experienced, though, was I had a whole lot of truth. <laughs> like I knew I knew God's word and I had that truth. Right. But I didn't know a whole lot about the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so and it can be flipped too, because there are some that have a whole lot of the spirit and they don't have enough of the truth. Right. So they don't have that balance. Yeah. Right. So now it's like, wow, the Holy Spirit isn't just my helper. He is our helper. He is our teacher. He is our comforter, but that's not all he is. Oh my goodness. He's so much more. There's power in the Holy Spirit and just that intimacy and how the, the spirit just being able to linger in his presence and sit in his presence and abide in him and it's his spirit that brings his word to light mm. where you're seeing the truth and you're taking that truth from here down to here. And now you're not just knowing it, but you're believing it. Right. And you're able to walk in it. And that has been not even that long ago that you were really saying, Lord, okay, there's still right. residue and mm -hmm. it's, we got to do something. And so yes. you, as you pulled away and just spent that time with him, just tell us a little bit what it looked like for him to yeah. restore <clears throat> you in that area. Sure. You know, I think my turning point really was when <laughs> I determined that um, I would take up a persistent and a a persevering spirit against mm. the lies of the enemy and the, the working of the enemy in my life. I was believing his lies and it sounds crazy because, you know, here's like, I love the Lord. I, I spend time with him, like not just a few minutes in a devotional in the morning, like I spend time with him and yet, um, and I worship and I enter into his presence and, and I experience his manifest presence in my life. And, here I am, I'm going through a, a time where the enemy is just the darts are like, no, Shelly, you're the exception. You, you've been healed up to this point, but mm -mm, you're the exception of the rule. You are not going to be delivered. You are not going to experience complete freedom. And uh, when I mentioned earlier, the self-loathing, that was one of, and I'm just going to be very transparent and uh, vulnerable with y'all that like I had a self-hatred to myself. I did not like myself and I've struggled with that my entire life, the shame and the self-condemnation and uh, the words that were spoken over me, you know, between the ages of five and 12 years old, there were nine different people that were charged with the responsibility to care for me in some way. And whether it was my mom was sick, put in the hospital while she was um, during that year when she was sick or after she passed away in foster homes and different, different places, nine different people. And a hundred percent of them either neglected, rejected, or abused me. And so my whole life, I'm thinking, how can a hundred percent of the people be wrong? So it must be you that's it wrong. It had to be me. Right, right, right. There had to be something that was so unlovable about me mm. that a hundred percent of those people would treat me that way. And, and so, the thing that's so crazy about that is you're like one of the most lovable people <laughs> I know, really. And I'm not exaggerating. And mm. It's like, <laughs> I don't get that. 
that 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 the enemy would right. take the truth and flip it yes. and convince you through yes. the actions of those that he manipulated right to believe such a lie yeah i think if i could give just some, one key piece of encouragement to anyone that's listening to this right now is just to determine and that you are going to be persistent and you are going to persevere <laughs> um, against believing the lies and the working of the enemy in your life. Do whatever you need to do and do not stop until every lie is annihilated and you press in. And that even if that means that you have to pull away from things, you press in and you just, you fight against it. And I would say, understand that it's not a matter of, well, if God wants to heal me, he will, right? And if not, it's okay. No, no. This is your life. <laughs> this is my life. And when I finally determined that, that no, the, I, we all know the scripture, I'm sure that the enemy came to kill, steal and destroy, but God came to give us abundant life, right? He did not call us to, uh, to walk in, in this bondage. Cause here's, here's the reality. Rejection is a major stronghold and the, the, the roots go very deep. And the only way to demolish that stronghold is through knowing and believing we are loved by him. And um, it's because of Christ's rejection. You know, he was rejected in ways that we cannot even begin to imagine. Like the worst rejection that we've ever experienced pales in comparison. And uh, so he was rejected so that we could be delivered from our rejection. Um, yeah. Yeah. He took that rejection upon himself so that we could be delivered. So tell me then how, as you, as you began to dismantle every lie mm -hmm. that you had been listening to for all these years and, yeah. and truly said, no, no, this is what God says about me and, and really worked through that process with him. Right. What happened? Yeah. Well, the process was just literally writing down, making lists of all the people in my life who have hurt me mm. and uh, from my childhood to my present. And uh, I came up with a list of almost 30 people <laughs> uh, from my childhood to now. And I just went one by one, mm. forgiving them, praying Matthew 5, over them, forgiving them and uh, releasing them, letting them off the hook and confessing my unforgiveness toward them and praying a blessing over them. And uh, even if I didn't mean it at the time, <laughs> the more you pray it, you know, you eventually you'll, you'll start to really mean that because the, the forgiveness becomes very um, authentic and you know, um, you know that you've released them, you know, that uh, it doesn't hurt anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the process really is it's, it's confessing, it's repenting, it's forgiving and it's renouncing. Mm. And those are the steps. And you you do it with great persistence and perseverance um, until it's done, until it's gone and you're free. And I was tested on this recently where um, I could easily have felt rejected um, by somebody very, very dear to me. And 
um, and I wasn't, I didn't feel, and I walked away and I'm like, Whoa, like, Lord, that didn't hurt. <laughs> I didn't feel rejected. I didn't take offense, you know? So I knew in that moment that I, that I was set free from that spirit of rejection and he's tested it more since. And I've had some real challenging things over the last couple of weeks where his really, the enemy is trying to silence me through it and trying to say, oh, no, 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 you're not, you're not delivered. But the Lord is testing my heart to show me what's in my heart. And so, yeah, it's quite wow. a process and it's hard work. I'm telling you, you can't slap a bandaid on it. You can't no. even slap a scripture on it. Nope. You have to press in and you go through those steps of confessing, repenting, um, and forgiving, blessing them and renouncing. Um, that is powerful. And we're going to put those in the notes, in the show notes, because that those steps are, and I have watched it in your life to, mm. and you know, it's just been like, thank you, Jesus, that yeah. you do what you say mm. you'll do, but yeah. we gotta do our part. And that's like, right. not give up. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, my friend, we're going to do this again because we need to continue this conversation because there's more to it that we could have talked there about is. today. Yes. That will be very helpful to those mm -hmm. who listen. So I want to say thank you for being with us for Redeemed and Restored. And it will be exciting to have you on again and we'll continue the conversation. Oh, I look forward to it. Thank you for having me. Amen. All right. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.